Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for another edition of Smack Talk. We are going to be going through Friday Night SmackDown this week. We got filling in for Rick Uchino, none other than Jeremy. Welcome back to the show, good brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to be back with you guys. A uh, lot to talk about this week, good and bad, as always, I guess. <laughs> where, is, where is Rick? He, he's, he's, he's on the wedding this week. You know, he had the bachelor party last week, and this week is the wedding. Oh, he's always talking about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we, might have, we might have to finish him up and wish him well <laughs> in all his future endeavors. Uh, uh -oh. He doesn't get his butt back here. I mean, you know, this is kind of a job. And he needs to at least show up or make an, <laughs> at least make an appearance. Make an effort. You know, we should have a picture of him and just hold it up so that's his appearance and we'll throw it out. We gotta have a Rick Uchino um, mass next week if he's if he's not with us, but he will be back next week. And of course, last but certainly not least, we have none other than the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Dutch, how you feeling this week? Oh, I feel good this week. I really feel good. I'm really ready to talk about this show. So yes, I'm. I'll go first. Go ahead. We talked just a little bit before we went on the air. Uh, this show, for the most part, was actually pretty good. But again, it's my same complaint I had last week, and it's not that the guys didn't work hard; they worked their butts off. They always do that. But it's the same crew. We this is I've, I've been around about six or seven weeks. I don't think they brought one new person in. I don't think have they? Um, I mean, the one new person that they kind of brought in was Alistair Black, and then he got let go two weeks later. I, I figured you but were there's going news, there. <laughs> there's news about him, you know. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. There's We're gonna get. That, well, I'm hearing out of the WWE chatter that his position may be reconsidered, which it should be. Yeah. I mean, they put yeah. all this effort into him, three weeks of, of a promo, then a run-in like two weeks ago. Then all of a sudden he's on the, he's on the list of released talents, which is I totally, totally don't understand that. Yeah, and then uh, Dave Meltzer came out with a report earlier this evening that it's expected that he's going to AEW now. So it, well, it even it's got all, it, it's it's all going to be expected because AEW can only take so many guys. Yeah, this they is true. got a hundred guys already. Yeah, but see, it's not that the guys you get, and I'm not going to knock AEW. It's how you handle them once they get there. Yeah, you yeah. You can have the greatest quarterback in the world in a football team, but if you have a running attack, what good is that quarterback to you? It's true. And it's I don't true. I don't know who books I don't know who books AEW. I heard that Tony Khan does the majority of it. And yeah. then he relies on Jericho and the Bucks or whoever to kind of give him hints and tips. But you know, if if Stroheim is going there, which I don't think he's going there, I think he's too expensive. I don't yeah, even I think agree. They, they got the money, they're just not gonna part with it. I don't blame them really, because I heard uh, Stroheim, he wants like fifteen grand 
for an appearance. Yeah. Yeah, for an indie show, he, it's between about twenty to twenty-five grand. He's uh, his okay. agent is asking for. Well, I think that's more than an indie show. I think it's more for conventions. But I don't know if he could if he could get twenty grand. I don't know if a promoter promoter could probably make money. But that's what those those autographs maybe fifty to seventy five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if somebody's willing to pay that, yeah, you can you can make money on it. But that's a big if. if People say, I don't think he was, I want his autograph for 75 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. And the word, you know, word is he's, uh, you know, he's been pretty good with his money. He's been making a lot of money, which was part of the reason why he was let go. Uh, but some, but, you know, a lot of reports are he's been smart with his money. So he really doesn't have to rush into a decision at all. He, uh, you know, you know, he's probably got the luxury of waiting for the right moment and the right company to come along and, and pick his own spot at this point. Well, the right company to come along is the only one's going to come along is AEW. Yeah, yeah. Database. And I don't know if, if the Japan company is going to afford him anyway. Yeah, I don't. Nah, know. that that'd be a tough try. What do you, what about Aleister Black? Do you think WWE is going to make a play to bring him back into the fold? Well, I, I can't I can't uh, predict. I can just tell you what I think. I think they'd be wise to keep that kid. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be wise to keep him because. He is different, and his work is good. I think if you got him in with somebody, that that could, you know, handle his stuff. I think you might have a you might have a, a product there that you can sell. Yeah. But again, yeah. this is my main issue with WWE is they don't have a marquee name other than Roman Reigns. True. They don't have the marquee name. They just don't. They don't have the John Cena. And that's what they're trying to make Roman. I got that. And they don't have the Undertaker. And they don't have the Rock. And they don't have Stone Cold. And see, Roman, they're trying to get him to that level, but and they're getting there. But but see, he he can't just get there by himself. He has to have an opponent. Yeah. And he had an opponent. Uh, he has an opponent for. What the hell in the cell coming up? Yeah, uh, ring. Mysterio in the cage, in the cage, hell in the cell, right? Yeah. He's got him there. And I was kind of thinking, don't discount one of the Usos coming up. And it's a little early, but they, they would fit. And, you know, Roma's interview tonight with, uh, with Jay, I mean, with, uh, He's talking to Jimmy, right? Right at the end. I was yeah. kind of, I was kind of lost in that. What do you I mean? mean? Well, is they talked and talked and talked and talked, but yet this, and then he got called out by Mysterio, which you know kind of left that, left that in the in the background. But what I'm seeing here, they have a lot of ways to go. So anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about the show. Yes, let's get into it, Dutch. For everyone watching, if you're watching us on YouTube, drop us a like. Keep hitting those comments in the live chat. We got uh, Joshua here with us saying, family, don't do that to family. Talking about uh, 
Roman and the Usos going back and forth uh, tonight. We're going to get into all of that. Let's let's start off with what we just saw, the final segment with Rey Mysterio coming down to the ring and basically uh, laying out, calling out Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, after last week's beatdown on his son, Dominic Mysterio. He calls him out and he says that he acknowledges him. He acknowledges him for the man that put his hands on his son last week. And he basically makes a challenge to him for Hell in a Cell inside of the Steel Cage at the pay-per-view on next Sunday on uh, June 20th. And Roman basically accepts, but then Ray pulls out a kendo stick out of nowhere, seemingly, and attacks Roman Reigns. Dirty, dirty bastard. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to watch. You got to watch little, you know, little, little Mysterio guys have hiding that kendo stick. Where did it come from? I... I yeah, it came out of nowhere on my end. I was I was like, yeah, I did not expect him to hit him with that there at that point. That was a, a good camera work there, obviously. I think I think it might have been Dominic hiding out and passed him the kendo stick. Maybe, we, yeah. We would see Roman get the advantage on Ray. You know what then, I would like to know? Dominic yeah. flew over that top rope. Ooh, yes. Has he landed yet? <laughs> yeah. But who caught him? Holy! The ground did. A gravity did. I think. Jeez. I don't think so because they would have showed that if he'd hit the ground. Oh. Yeah, I think they Man. had the nice Somebody little crash was there pad. To catch him. Or a crash pad, maybe. Uh, you know. Maybe, yeah, they yeah. Had, they I hope so for his sake. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow! <laughs> but if you take a bump like that, I mean, that can cut your career short. Yeah. So I hope he didn't do that. Yeah. Absolutely. The but show, yeah. for the most part, was was pretty decent. I think. Yeah, I think I think it was really carried once again by Roman and the Usos. We had various segments throughout the night with uh, all three of those characters. We started off the night with Jimmy Uso cutting a really good promo talking about last week being upset with Roman for getting involved in the main event and causing a disqualification. And he said that tonight he's going to do something that he promises he won't regret. Uh, this led to a whole basically ping-ponging of Jay Uso throughout the night going back and forth between his cousin and his brother brother uh we got the great segment later on in the night uh that you talked about earlier dutch where uh roman was in the back with uh jay in the middle between roman and jimmy and basically both men arguing with each other and jay was just fed up tired with all the drama within the family and he said he's just going he's off he's sick of roman he's sick of jimmy this led to a whole back and forth between roman and jimmy where jimmy said he wanted to fight but roman basically gaslit him and basically use the emotions of Jay Uso and saying that Jimmy is the older brother, so he shouldn't be getting Jay to get Jimmy in line. Jimmy should be the one that should know that he's doing this for the family. It's all about us. And it basically led to Jimmy basically questioning all of his emotions in a great segment that made Roman look great, just manipulating all the emotions of his family. Jeremy, what was your thoughts on the whole on all the segments involving Roman Reigns and the Usos throughout the night? Well, I've been saying it for a while now. I think this has been the best long-term storytelling that WWE's done in a very long time. And I think they continued to progress the story and continued to make uh, uh, little wrinkles and make it interesting uh, this week. You know, the, the fire that Roman had in that little split second when he just went off on Jimmy was was just tremendous. But then he went back to that usual calm demeanor to to kind of bring it down and and reel him in and it, it you know looking at Jimmy's face it almost looks like it worked so yeah. I I think you know 
Roman showing himself as this master manipulator of the the, the Usos, and it, it it finally you saw Jimmy kind of crack for the first time ever since he's come back. Yeah, it was good. One thing what I was like your about thoughts? they're taking their time. Yeah. They're taking their time and they're not shooting anything. See, it's my old philosophy of booking. Don't go too far that you can't back up and come back a little bit. Because once you shoot it, it's shot. But look at look at Romeo's lines of, uh, of future opponents. Because he's got Mysterio coming up. And he actually has both Usos. Yeah. And then you could have Brock Lesnar. He can have Cena. I mean, all those are, I mean, for, for big shows, I don't know what they got planned for SummerSlam. But uh, well, they right got, now, a, lot, right they now got the, a lot of ways for a lot of these guys to go. Yeah. Because right now, the rumor. They're like this. They're crisscrossing the, a little bit. The rumored report is that we're going to get Roman Reigns versus John Cena at SummerSlam. What do you think about that as like a big matchup for the main event to fill that stadium in Las Vegas, Dutch? Oh, I like it. Like it, you got you got uh, you got Cena, who ha- they haven't seen what in a year or two. Yeah, When's he's been going to WrestleMania thirty six. Yeah, and I think if if you, if you put him in there, you got a you got a marquee match, and I think they fill it up. Yeah, and I think in Vegas, you know, people are used to this to, to this lockdown, this quarantine that we've all been under. They're ready to get out. They're ready to go. So if they yeah. can pack that underneath, I think they have a sellout. Um, but then again, they may have a sellout anyway because of just the event, SummerSlam. SummerSlam and WrestleMania uh, yeah. traditionally are, are just big events. And almost regardless of what's on the card, you know, some of these WrestleMania uh, cards I've seen really aren't that exciting. But it's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's SummerSlam. Let's go. It's history. So... I think it's good. Yeah, I think that you know, there's there's been a lot of internal talk that they're trying to make SummerSlam be the WrestleMania this year because it's going to be the the big you know the big show, the first big show with a gigantic crowd. So you know, it makes sense to bring in John Cena for the first time in a couple of years and 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 face off against Roman Reigns, and then that's going to be yet another legendary wrestler that Roman Reigns puts down, and then of course. You know, there's the room. Uh, you know, there's the rumor from today that Rock might show up at Survivor Series. That might kick off a Rock and Roman Reigns feud well, if, going into if, WrestleMania. If there's a time they need these guys, it's right now. Yeah, yeah. They need these guys because just for the shot in the arm that it that it that it gives them. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Uh, this is off topic. What happened to the Spanish announce team? They just get rid of it <laughs> since they since they went down to this. I mean, filming in one, taping in one place. Yeah, I'm. Ass- I'm assuming they probably do it remotely ever since the pandemic. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see if they come back for like a uh, either SummerSlam or like I think Money in the Bank is going to have a crowd as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're back now that they're going to have crowds back. But I think it, the pandemic had a lot to do with it, and they're probably just doing it remotely. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Sid, what didn't you like about the show? Um, everything besides Roman and uh, Usos, to be honest with you. I mean, there was there was some uh, good matches on the 
card after uh, the Jimmy Uso uh, opening segment, as well as we saw Roman and Jay in the backstage area after that, talking about Jimmy's uh, promo. We got our opening matchup, which was Kevin Owens and Big E versus Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn. I thought this was a, a good matchup, although I, I will say this overall feeling of the show and my main pet peeve on this entire show was the feeling of repetition. And I yeah. got that a lot really? in this whole... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what gave you that idea? Just because they've done it, just because they've done it six weeks in a row. Yeah. And then now, now that you've fired Alistair Black, you bring Big E back into the same loop that he was in with uh, with Apollo Cruz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Now you're just repeating the loop all over again. I feel like I've seen Big E and Apollo Cruz for eleven years of uh, going up against each other, and on the other hand, you got you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who I've seen a lot as well. But that's one match I never get tired of. So they were a good part of this opening matchup. In the end, it was uh, Kevin Owens hitting the stunner for the win for Kevin Owens and Big E getting the win here. After the match, Apollo Cruz got upset and basically uh, challenged the two baby faces to a rematch next week, but this time he wants the debuting commander aziz as his tag team partner so we got that tag match for next week i totally support that because we haven't really seen aziz right not in the ring no just in, just in that raw those raw underground segments when they did the uh, the backstage fighting that's it and those bombed right yeah, I mean, we did get one match with him against uh, Braun Strowman, and he was again he was in the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble back in 2018. But besides that, this is like his re-debut as the Commander Aziz character, and he laid out Sami Zayn after the match. And I will say that you know Sami Zayn, he is an effective heel, but I said I tend to sympathize with him a lot because he just can't catch a break, and he feels like he's only there to kind of take the pins. But what was your thoughts on this tag team match? overall Dutch. well what i thought i liked the match what i thought was okay who, who took the win kevin kevin yeah. kevin over, and biggie over cruz right yeah no i uh well uh zane took the zane took the stunner yeah the pin okay all right but that was okay that was fine and then they got mad at him now you have a little dissension with the with the bad guys and i thought zane would come in there and then aziz and uh, would uh, and uh, Apollo would get on him more, and then Kevin make the save, not because he wanted to, because he was just a, a decent human being. Maybe, maybe like to, like to see two on one, but I think the people would would kind of pop to that too because we've seen them against each other for how long? Since? Yeah, it's been a while. Nineteen forty six. <laughs> and we and we've and we've seen I think we and we've seen them together as heels as well. I don't know if we've ever seen them on the same side as baby faces. I think they've been both baby faces before, but not on the same brand. So to work as a team as a baby face, that that would have been a great idea to have him come in and, and make the save. But um, you know, maybe they see more value in Sammy still as a heel. Uh, you know, at, at least maybe to, until that documentary finally gets released. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thing. But it was a good match. It was actually. Hey, that yeah. Cruz, I'm impressed with uh, Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good really that they're finally using him because it took a good two years for them to finally put something behind him that was solid. And now, you know, look what he's doing with it. Yeah. It was. I, I watched him work. I like that. Uh, who did the full Nelson suplex? Was that Zane? Yes. He did that suplex? on. Uh... 
I think he did that on uh, Kevin Owens. And then uh, uh, Apollo had a nice little like arm trap German suplex on Big E, which was very impressive. Yeah. You know, it was mostly kick punch, but they, they did some good moves in there. I, I liked it. Yeah. Now, what didn't you like, Sid? Um, well, I'll get to that right here when we talk about our next matchup, which was uh, I felt like I was watching the same show from last week where we talked about Dutch as we had the ladies of uh, Carmella going one-on-one with Liv Morgan. Uh, Carmella, like I said last week, they seem to be kind of reheating her with their new character, the most beautiful woman in all of WWE. And uh, Liv Morgan, this was another rematch, a very short match once again. Uh, I mean, everything they did looked good. And- and I did enjoy uh, Liv Morgan getting the win here with her uh, finisher, which is uh, basically a, a rope spring uh, flatliner, which looked really good. But it just had the tendency to feel like 50-50 booking with the fact that she lost last week to Carmella. And, you know, Carmella basically no-sold the finish by having the ring announcer say that she is still the most beautiful woman in all of WWE. What was your thoughts on this uh, short ladies match here, Jeremy? Um, I, well, as much as I hate the 50, 50 booking, it had to be done here. I mean, you, you, uh, basically, uh, get rid of the riot squad by, uh, by firing, uh, Ruby riot. So, you know, having live take two pinfalls in a row was something that would be really tough to recover from. So I think even though as much as I hate it, and especially they've been doing it so much with Nakamura and Corbin, it almost had to be done here with Liv Morgan or else uh, she was going to be uh, all, all any momentum she could have had would have been just completely lost by losing two three-minute matches in a row. Well, I don't think if she'd have lost another match, I don't think that kills her. If that kills anybody, I mean, all they got to do is just start another story that's interesting. People forget about that pin. But yeah, her sure. losing two in a row doesn't help her. I'll say that. It's just harder to, to come up with something for her to do. But, uh, you know, when you say the most beautiful woman in WWE, I mean, if you look at her, you can't really disagree with it, to tell you the truth. So she I mean, is one of the most beautiful, what, for sure. I mean, what, she, what made a camera, she made a cameraman fall over tonight, so. Oh, oh did she? <laughs> but, but I didn't see that. So, but I don't see how that gets you heat when you tell the truth. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem with WWE heels now. You yeah. gotta respect them. You don't really dislike them. I mean, they're characters. I, I get all that, but back in days of yore, like that word yore, back in days, people literally hated the heels. Yeah, they just didn't like them as human beings. They didn't like them, and that's how we drew money. But here, when you say, "Oh, he's a good guy," and he's a good guy, and all the heels going out, and they saying, "Oh yeah," this this is a thing that I've is always amaze me the wwe talks about bullying don't bully hell that's what the wrestling business is it's bullying and then we say don't bully and then they go out and they bully (laughs) yeah you see what i mean i I, I never have understood that but i guess if they want to do their business like that that that's their business but uh the carmella match and uh liv morgan a decent match, good match. But see, I'm not looking at to see when I see those girls, like most males in the audience, they're not looking at the wrestling. They're looking at the girls, exactly. <laughs> and they're two good-looking girls. 
and they're good to they're good to look at, but you're not going to get mad at them. I don't. Do you get mad at them, Sid? No, I just get mad at the booking. I get mad, I get mad when I see the same the same match except uh you know I felt like they were reheating Carmella last week and then her losing here it just didn't make any sense because they're still they're still so, building up her at the same time. It felt like Liv Morgan's win didn't even matter to me. Paul, I, I didn't get his name. Paul uh, we got Ronsky said he was Roman Reigns is the biggest bully ever. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. But he's really he's but he keeps his composure so much you can't really disagree with him. Yeah. Now you can get mad at him because when you know when little Jay drops his drops his head and you know <laughs> that tells the story. He's telling Roman's story when he drops his head. He's beat. Yeah. Jay see, Jay did did great see, with body language tonight and facial expressions. You ever be talking to somebody and you're kind of mad and they're kind of mad and all of a sudden you get really forceful with them or say something that hits them and when they drop those eyes, they're beat. Yeah. Yeah. But he finally had enough tonight and even talked back to Roman a little bit before walking out there. Yeah. Well, well the match is what's going to happen between uh, – we know Roman's going to beat Ray. We know that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't make any uh, fuss about that for sure with the final segment. <laughs> well, what he's going to do? He's going to beat. He's going to beat him up. And he's going to beat him up. And he's going to beat. Then he's going to beat him. Then he's going to beat him up some more. And he's going to beat him up some more. Then I see little Dominic coming in and getting his little butt spanked a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. And then finally, in, in comes your, in comes your Usos, or one of them. And I think that will be, uh, I think that will be Jimmy. Will come in because yeah. now he's in his own locker room, kinda. And I think they'll kind of get into it, and then we may see Jay come in. And where does he stand in all this? And we'll see in Hell in the Cell. I think I think we got closer to the family coming together with that final segment where it finally seems like Roman was getting through to his cousin. We got a bunch of people in the live chat here on Facebook as well as on YouTube. Anthony, we got Paul here. Everyone watching, give us a thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube. Share this video on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're watching us on Facebook, drop us a like emoji, a heart emoji, a laughing emoji, and let us know in the live chat what you thought about this week's uh, SmackDown. We got a question for Dutch here from Mikey James Boatwright saying, Dutch, do you agree that WWE is not good as it was and that AEW is the new franchise? No, I don't. WWE is not as good as it was. But I don't think AEW is the new franchise. I just don't. They just got some TV stations and they put wrestling on. <laughs> and they have some names that the people know but I don't think the people when AEW is on, they run out into the street and say, "Oh, thank God, thank God, AEW is here." I don't, I just don't, I just don't see that at all. It's they have good production and they have they have some good matches, but I don't think that's I don't think there's any danger to WWE at all. TNA thought for a long time they were going to kind of hurt WWE, and there was a war going on. You know why there wasn't a war going on, but TNA didn't know it? 
because WWE didn't know a war was going on. They just <laughs> continued business because it didn't have the the push of Ted Turner and WCW. That's when WWF got off their butts and started doing that attitude booking. And they kind of did shock TV in wrestling for a while, and it worked. And then it changed the face of wrestling. Yeah, it's either that think, or go out of business. Well, yeah, yeah. that's it. But I, I think uh, I don't think WWE is going out of business. I don't care really how how bad it no. it got. They would stay in there. It may not get as good as it was, but but WWE is nowhere close to where it used to be, and they know that. Again, back to what we were talking about. They don't have the franchise player other than Roman who doesn't have an opponent. That's why we just, me and Sid figured this out there, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, if Cena came, came in, perfect time. Now he's got an opponent. Or, yeah. if Roman, or if The Rock came in, perfect opponent. That's a, because people would pay attention to that. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you, though. They're kind of building Roman head and shoulders above the rest, and it's going to be hard besides bringing in these old stars to kind of have an opponent for him. But one of the, the segments that wasn't really repetitive this week that I, I, I want to hear you both of you guys' thoughts on was Ding Dong Hello, hosted by Bailey with uh, special guest Seth Rollins. This basically was uh, the two heels laughing it up, talking about their rivals. We got Bailey. Uh, thanking Seth for using the the front door. Finally, someone using the front door on Ding Dong. Hello. It, it was it was so stupid. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Ding Dong. And oh, then and then who uh, could that be when uh, when Bailey uh, they flashed Bailey on the screen for the first time. They they flashed Brock Lesnar's name on there as WWE Champion. Somebody yes. hit somebody hit the wrong button there for like a split second and then said, "Oh crap." <laughs> fix this, fix this, fix this, pal. Fix this, pal, real quick. Uh, <laughs> but I thought her ding dong hello segment was actually pretty good. It was entertaining. Oh yeah, it was yeah. entertaining. Her and, and Seth, then, her and Seth worked really well together as two annoying heels that mm -hmm. uh, have a great fashion sense. And they put each other over, and they yeah. were the greatest things since sliced bread. Then the doorbell rang again, and you knew who that was. we do. Yeah. yeah, and he opens it up, and then. But I will say. When he opened it up, they looked at each other. Then all of a sudden, uh, Cesaro just goes, pow. Yes. Straight shot knocked him over. Then they tore the set up. Now she's all torn up about that. He had his clothes ripped off. <laughs> Down and to his briefs. Bianca, Bianca <laughs> Belair come out there. And, and now you, 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 you're thinking, now, what is left to do here, really? I mean, Laugh. Just, yeah, the, the, the set is destroyed. And, and she just started laughing. Yeah. Which was yeah. actually a, a good way to end it. Good. I think, uh, I think they listened to us from last week when we said, you know, the Bianca promo didn't really work. So they kept it to a minimum here with her yeah. just responding with the laughter, getting her revenge for last week when Bailey had all the laughing heads on the Thunderdome. Yeah, Vince called me and told me, he said, I think you guys hit it right on. Yeah. He said, that's exactly the way we saw it. And we're glad you saw it too. I said, well, thanks, Vince. Give me a call sometime. He said, oh, I will. Don't worry. You about got it, pal. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, pal. So. Yes, this this worked though. This worked. This segment worked to bring back Cesaro, re restart the rivalry with uh, Seth Rollins, as well as continuing Bailey and Bianca Belair. I will say though, you know, although I I feel like both 
you know, uh, Seth and Bailey were entertaining here. I do want Bailey to get a victory before Helen SL. It seems like they she hasn't won since March. I think we've been reiterating that a lot lately, but I, I just feel like she needs a victory before we go into Helen SL to make us believe she can beat Bianca. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, you, you got to put her in some sort of a uh, squash match, find somebody, uh, you know, just ha- get a get a good five to eight minute match out of them and, and uh, you know, just something that, you know, Bailey's going to win uh, just to give her a little bit of momentum. I still don't think anybody's going to believe that she's going to take the title off of Bianca at this point, but you, you at least got to make it look like and make it feel like that, you know, going into a pay-per-view, anything can happen. And right now we just don't get that feeling with, uh, with the way it's going. Hey, what happened to that Japanese girl? What's her name? Asuka? What's her name? Oscar. Oscar. She's she's on Oscar. Raw right now. Okay. She's I on miss, Raw, and I, I miss her. They're putting her to. Uh, I think they're putting her together with Nikki Cross now, which I think works really well. I think they've got, uh, you know, ever since, uh, you know, a lot of, with the firings, a lot of the women's tag teams got decimated, and I, so I think I think they might have found something with Oscar and Nikki Cross because their personalities work really really well together. And o- over on Raw, see what's always amazed me about WWE: they take these talents. And basically, they warehouse them for two years, yeah, three three years, or longer sometimes. And in NXT, they just to me, I call it warehousing. But even though they they get to be seen by, you know, what t- what TV show are they on? Are they on TV? Are they on? Yeah, yeah, they're on. Yeah, they're on Raw right now. Oscar is, and and with yeah, Nikki but I'm Cry. saying NXT. Oh, NXT, yeah. Uh, they're on, yeah, they're on Tuesdays on USA, yeah. Okay, uh, I got it. Yeah. But they warehouse these talents, and then they, they call them up for whatever reason. But it looks like they call them up with no plan. And don't use them, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They call them up, and they have them become the TV with no plan to use them. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like the, the creative is showing Vince well, what they got. And, it, of course, if they don't have anybody... If he's not seeing them, then they don't exist. Yeah, he yeah. he can't even make a an appropriate determination on them, or or rate them, or evaluate them because, or if you put them in a match where it's just, it all depends on that basically on that first match and, you know, the way Vince is feeling that day. Mm-hmm. If he's and having so- a crappy day, you could have a great match and you might not even notice. I don't know. Yeah, so, it's, but it's, it's his kind company. Of- his company, and I'm not saying. And he's made a lot of great decisions, and but sometimes I, I don't think they they treat this NXT talent. I don't think they really. I'm not saying they don't treat them right. I think they don't give them a chance that much. No, because everybody everybody can say that. Well, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But that's the that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's talk. Kinda... Let's let see. Let me talk to you, man. Go ahead. What was the segment <laughs> you hated the worst? Of? Oh, you you wanna you wanna get right to the segment I hated the worst. It was the segment you hated the worst last week, Dutch, and it was once again King Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura for yes, Dutch, the fourth freaking week in a row. We I got the same match. What again? We got another match. Oh, hey, Dutch, this just in. They're gonna wrestle again next week. Yes, I know that. That's what I'm saying. Again, again, again. Again and, and again. 
and it's like all the matches are two minutes. They, I don't think they've yes. broken ten minutes combined this whole month of those matches. It's like they could probably. I mean, they're two good talents. They could put together a good ten minute TV match, but they're not even giving them three, four minutes on this. They're going like one to two, and we're out. You know, yeah, but good talents is one thing. Having an interesting story is something else. Yeah, yeah. You could be probably Ric Flair and you know, and Steamboat as great a matches as they had. But if the story is not there, they have a good match. But for but why? Yeah, and the and story I just, is completely I just, backwards. I don't get the King deal at all. King Corbin, I don't get that. Nakamura, I don't get. I don't get the guitar player. It just looks like it was. Well, let's try this. Yeah. And I could have, we foresaw about the second time we saw these guys that it didn't have nothing. It didn't have no, it didn't have no push behind it. It was, it just laid there and looked at you. So, and I, yeah. I got mad. I got mad watching it and said, damn, what are they trying to do here? <laughs> like the very first time that, you know, the, when this started and Nakamura grabbed the crown, I thought, okay, this could get interesting. But then we're sitting here playing ping pong with short matches every week, and it's it's gotten from this could get interesting to can we get this over with already and and just move on, you know? You know what I'd do? I'd book them one more time next week and put one of the writers in there who's in charge of this, who's been writing this crap, and beat the <laughs> crap out of him. Then you may you may have to put put him on a pole. Yeah, uh, put him on a pole. Just writer on a pole match with kendo sticks and a fire. <laughs> I, I thought I thought we were gonna get the crown on the pole match, but uh, oh. Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville says it's gonna be a battle for the crown, so it should be the blow off of this rivalry. But the whole story just feels so repetitive, and it yeah. doesn't make any sense because the baby faces have a two on one advantage every single week. Baron uh, Corbin is is sympathetic, but he's the heel, and it doesn't it just doesn't make any sense, and it's a waste no. of two good talents in Nakamura and. And, and Corbin and the Boogs Nakamura partnership, which I loved the first couple of weeks, I'm totally over now. And they've totally taken me out of this whole story. And I just, I if I wasn't reviewing this for you, for you all watching on Sports Kino Wrestling, that was the point of the show. I would have turned the channel and turned this show the, the hell off. Like I was but so see, over this. You, you can't do it now, can you? You have no. to watch it. I have to watch because I have to do this. Sid has a duty to the people. <laughs> he sure does, and you have to watch it. If I gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. I, I tell you what, did you guys notice on King Corbin's entrance the splash graphic was all King of the Ring stuff? I think we're uh coming up on another King of the Ring tournament. They've been teasing it ever since they started this whole rivalry that we could be on our way to, you know, redoing the King of the Ring. If they do that, please give it to like Xavier Woods or yes. someone that can do Woods, something with this gimmick, please. Woods and Nakamura in the finals would be perfect. That'd be a, hell, be a hell of a match. We got a question for Dutch in the live chat here. John Murray, I get he didn't join us last week. We talked about the the recent releases last week with you, Dutch, but what they want to hear your thoughts again on the recent releases. And speaking of the recent releases, something I did want to ask you about on this show, Dutch, there's been a new report, something that you were talking about earlier with uh, people going to NXT or people coming back to NXT. One of the recent releases was Samoa Joe and Fightful Select has reported that WWE is interested in bringing back Samoa Joe to the NXT brand. 
So what's your thoughts on the recent releases and Joe possibly returning but going to NXT instead of back to the main roster? Damn, I'm glad I'm not the president and you're the press after asking me a question. I forgot what the question was now. <laughs> okay, John asked me John asked me a question, right? Yes. About what did I think of the recent releases? Yes. Yeah. Because you, you missed it last week, John. Yes. John, if you miss another show, we're coming to your house and beat the crap out of it. Ooh, it uh, there's I'm, an in-your-house for you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling you, you cannot miss any more shows. Uh, no, I said last week because some of the releases really stunned me. Stoheim, of course, was number one. And then uh, Alistair Black. And, and the rest of them, I don't know what happened. But I, I haven't been seeing them anyway. But those two, those two kind of, you know, stood out. Because I, who would have thought they would have gotten rid of Strohan? Nobody. Nobody. No, nobody. They pushed him too good. He was in everything. Well, not everything, but he was in a lot of stuff. Aliester Black has just started back yeah. on SmackDown, and they did three uh, like uh, vignettes, vignettes on him, and then yeah. he did a run-in on who, – who did he do the run Big E? Big E. Big E. Yep. Big e. And, he, and he thought, well, now we're looking forward to that, and all of a sudden he comes up. He got released. Yeah, it yeah. it, uh, it, it kind of stunned me, but it you know after after a while WWE doesn't stun you because they do things that you don't understand. I don't know what's the reason for this, but uh, do I like it? Well, it's not up to me, but but I I, I think that uh, they had some mileage in Ali, uh, Alistair Black. I think yeah. they had some mileage on it. Now, what was your question? Now, Mr. I want Mr. Sid. <laughs> I went to the actual about this a recent report from uh, Fightful, the saying that oh, Samo Samoa Joe Samoa Joe may be possibly returning but going to NXT. That's good. Samoa Joe's too good a talent to let him sit on the sidelines. Yeah, he's a very good talent, very good interview. Even yeah. when they <clears throat> even when they had him on commentary. Oh was yeah, on, was that on SmackDown? Yeah, he had yeah. some sit down interviews. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, he's just proven it that he just proved over the past year how much value he has because once his career is done, he could become one of the best color commentators in the sport. And because he did a hell of a job on Raw. No, he's good. Yeah. But, and I'm listening to that commentary tonight. Uh, what's it, Pat McAfee? Yeah. yeah. I think he's done really well. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's not lost. For an answer, he doesn't stumble around. He gets his point out there. But they're so busy. Michael Cole, of course, he's so busy pushing everything. Yeah. That sometimes he misses uh, the whole crux. Uh, not the whole crux, but sometimes important things that a match. He'll sometimes miss because he's doing something else. Yeah. And, and McAfee, yeah. you know, McAfee showed you know, just how quickly he can catch on when he was wrestling in NXT and that the match he had with Adam Cole was tremendous for a first time match. And, you know, I just love the, the passion that McAfee has. If you notice when they do the, the cutaways and you see the, you see the, the, the commentators table from far away, you'll notice almost every match he's standing up. He's so yeah. into it and so passionate about what he's doing. I just love it. I, I just love or it. He's either standing up. Because he's so passionate, or that Michael Cole's got a bad case of bad breath, <laughs> and he probably gets up there and he tries to do that social distancing, you know, get away from me. And I saw him standing up the night, and I'm thinking, and that's what why the Spanish announce thing came across my head. 
Yeah. I said, yeah. Wait a minute. They used to sit on the far side of the of the commentating table, but and they haven't been there the whole time. But this is the first time I've noticed it. Yeah. So they must do it in post. They must do yeah. the commentary in post. Yep. Yep. They For probably sure. do. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe at a, a SummerSlam, it makes its triumphant return, so that table can get destroyed. Yeah, they they can't always destroy the uh, the English announced tables like we've been doing the last couple of months. We got Dave here on Facebook saying uh, Samoa Joe should kick the ass of the head of the table, uh, the head of the kids' table. Apparently, uh, we also got Christopher saying, "Oh, I'm all for Samoa Joe coming back, but to NXT, okay, I guess. But if he can wrestle, he needs to be on SmackDown. I think he could be good against Roman." We got a couple of people wanting to see Roman versus. Joe. No, yeah, that, but, is, that, that is a good thought. Yeah, that would be yeah. a tremendous story. Because Joe and, and Roman would have a hell of a match, a physical match, and Joe could, you know, you ever see Joe blow his top when he yeah. starts talking? Oh, yeah. Uh, he could blister Roman. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be something to listen to, talk about this and that and the family and all this. Oh, shut the hell up. Don't he, you know, I think he could really cut a biting interview, a blistering mm. interview on Roman, and back Roman up. Put him in his place. Yeah, and that's what they want to see. And it doesn't necessarily have to beat him. And he, uh, he back him up. Another. See, I think the best part for Samoa Joe to come in is when he's bullying uh, little Jay. Yeah. When he's bullying, and Samoa Joe out of the clear blue just comes into the ring. And he said, I would what like the it. hell do you think you're doing? Just step right up because, to Roman. Yeah, you know, well, nobody would think that would happen. Yeah. Because his brother, we know what his brother's going to say, and nobody else has said anything to him about him. Of course, Paul Heyman is so far up his butt you know, <laughs> that if he was walking behind Roman and stopped real quick, you'd have to do like a renal colostomy or something to get his head out of his butt. He'd be uh, peeking <laughs> over his tonsils. But I think that would that would be interesting to see Samoa Joe because they know him. There's no get over time for him. Yeah, he can just yeah. go out there and he's you know he's part of the family too, and just yeah. really blast him. And there's and there's uh you know there's also rumors that WWE might be working with MLW, and uh, you know MLW's champion for the past like 600 days is a Samoan from the Samoan family, Jacob Fatu. That you know if. He, he could be he they could bring him in and kind of be uh uh do Roman's dirty work for him you know and and even add another layer to this whole story well they could they could do a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> but I th- but I think in taking him from MLW they wouldn't just take him they would they would claim they would sign him yeah 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 that's always, that's always the WWE yeah, they would, they, right. the top star. They, they say if you come with us there's no more MLW for you so yeah that will hurt them yeah I don't if know how, I don't know I don't, I don't know what the deal of, is with that. I but. don't think a lot of people know who Joseph is. I mean, yeah. and, but Raw is a way. I mean, SmackDown is a way to get them interested in him. Yeah. And it's a good thought. But I do like Joe coming back. Oh, man. Yeah. I think that has, and I heard this the other day, that if he did come back, he just steps into a tailor-made angle. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. already there. He just steps into it. That's why I, I've been like kind of arguing against people who want him to go to NXT. I feel like that's a step back in general. It, it, for, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, I was like, 
And they're like, oh, do they have this dream match and this dream match? I'm like, he's already done all those dream matches in NXT. Like, he's done Gargano. He's done Cole. He's done Ciampa. Like, any dream match you're telling me, I think the best fit for Jamoa Joe, if he's coming back to WWE, would be in this story with, with Roman Reigns. You want to come in, you want to make main roster money, and you want to be with the hottest star. And the hottest star right now is Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So if he came back, that's, that's tailor-made for him. And the other Usos can just feed right into it. Yep. Yeah. And yep. you can, you can, and the reason I like this so well, and they have actually executed it pretty good uh, because there's so many arms and legs to it and things feeding off of it and feeding into it that there's a, the creator team is not going to sit around and search for ideas. It's already there. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, you know, they're interjecting the Mysterios into this thing now and, that'll eventually will run its course and then probably enter John Cena and then probably set the table for the rock. If the rumors are true you, and you've got all these stories with, uh, with the Usos and Roman Reigns built up all the way to WrestleMania. Now see an interesting interview would be rock talking to the Usos. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. Or the rock comes in as like the peacemaker or, or at first. Two. Yeah. And maybe at he first tries to make peace with, tries to make peace with Roman, tries to make peace with them. And then all of a sudden Roman, he gets tired of it and tells him to butt out. Yeah. Or the moment that uh, rock doesn't acknowledge him, then it hits the fan. That's it. Yeah. And I think and people will be ready for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, it makes sense to bring them back in at Survivor Series. The plans from Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter is that uh, Survivor Series this year is going to be yeah. in Brooklyn, and it's 25 years from The Rock's debut at the 1996 Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. So not only is it 25 years from his debut, it's right black in New right back in New York, and you can kind of set the stage. They can kind of do something similar to what they did last year with The Undertaker's kind of retirement. They can do like a 25-year anniversary with the rock and then roman reigns is the guy that interrupts and then you set the table very well to go to wrestlemania and the rock you would think he's 49 years old he wants to have the biggest box office possible for his return yeah. and wrestlemania 38 at dallas 100 100 people in attendance that seems like it would fit for him yeah i, I think the original plan for this those two was going to be la a year later but now that you've got people coming back to the arenas you, you got to strike now when, while people are, are yeah. now making their return and 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 you got to really strike it this year and and so I, I could see totally why they're bumping that up a year what's the biggest crowd that wwe has drawn it would be wrestlemania 32 in dallas when they did uh well they're, they're the number they reported was 101,000 people in attendance i was there yeah <laughs> not the record though yeah i mean i mean I that's did, their, that's did, their record the, I did the record in uh, Buenos Aires oh. in, in 1986. Me and the Mummy in uh, Aztec Stadium. We did mm. 137,000 people. Wow. Of course, I beat him right in the middle. You know, Pulled his mask off. And, oh, that's dirty. He, he, he was like a mailman on the street, and people recognized him. Kill the dude, so. <laughs> but I just, I just that's why they call you Dirty Dutch, right? Yeah, I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> hey, we were talking about we talk we talk a lot of history on this show. Yes, and I said I've written a couple of books because a lot of this history 
I forgot who I told this. Maybe maybe you guys. I, don't I know. think I think it was me because you called me a bit of a wrestling historian, and I tweeted yeah, that I, I because did, that felt like a badge of honor you gave me last week. Yeah, well, you know, if, if some of these things aren't documented and written down and preserved, they'll just be lost. Yeah. So here's a story, and I'm writing my, my next book, and the story I'm going to write is, you know, sometimes history gets lost amongst the talent in WWE. A lot of these wrestlers they get now, they're not fans of old school. They're fans of just WWE in yeah. general, actually. That's true. So the first night I started on my latest run at Subculture was in 2013 in Nashville. Did I tell you the story, Sid? Uh, you might have told me off camera, I believe. Okay. But Talent Relations called me on a Thursday and it said, and I lived in Nashville at the time. They said, are you going to be in, in Nashville Monday? I said, well, I'm close by. I'll be here. Well, we would like to talk to you. I said, okay. I hung the phone up. And I had no idea what they wanted to talk to me about. So I went down there. They said they wanted me to meet with Triple H. I said, okay. At about 4 o'clock, I got down there about 3.30. And I walked in, and I went to catering, and I ate a little bit. And everybody, how you doing? And, you know, some guys knew me, and some didn't. But then they come to come to get me and he took me to a room and he said uh, I said well what, what do you what, what do you guys want? They said well we're looking for a mouthpiece for Swagger because he has he's not the greatest energy and we think you could help him I said but what do you want? They said well this is what we're looking for. We're looking for you remember the tea party? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. The tea party guys? So we're looking for a guy who's who's a little bit politically oriented, which I kind of am, I'm kind of not, but, and he's and he's an older guy, that was me, and he's kind of lost faith in America, and it's like the best days are behind us, and he's pissed off. I said, okay, so they wanted me to do an interview, and they wanted to take it to Vince, and they said, we'll give you 10 minutes. I said, well, where's my verbiage oh no 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 don't don't worry about that just talk see any other time they would give you something to read you know like yeah hey do this word but for they word didn't, they didn't give me anything they said just do what you think the role would call for <clears throat> so i sat down i i just hit a block what the hell you remember the movie grand torino mm -hmm. yes and I, I did Clint Eastwood for them. So when they put the camera on me and I says, hey, when I walk down my street, I don't see people that look like me. I don't see people that talk like me. I don't see people that eat the same foods as I eat. I don't see people that enjoy the same things I enjoy. And I said, where did my country go? Where is my country? And basically that was, I, I did about three of them. <clears throat> and in the last one, I put like you know, we the we the people, we deserve better. And he took it to Vince, and they come back, and they told me that I had a job, just like that. I went down there without a job, not even looking for one. I just wanted to see what they would they would offer. 
<clears throat> so I went down at 3.30, did my interview at 4.30, got hired at 5.30. <laughs> they got my clothes at 6.30, and I went out live on Raw at 7.30 that night. Wow. So in the life. That's the damnedest thing I've ever seen happen to anybody. But the point I want to make is when I walked in that dressing room, 75% of that dressing room didn't have a clue who I was. Yeah. They might as well say, well, who, who called Uber? You know, <laughs> what's, what's the Uber driver? Whose uncle's, here, who's uncle's visiting tonight? And, and then when I walked out, they just stood and they were just in amazement. Like, who in the hell is this guy? Yeah. He walks in at like the top of the hour at nine o'clock. And he does this promo because, you know, if you've got top of the hours, that's, that's an important spot mm-hmm. yeah. on any hour. Yep. So, and I've, I had him come up, come up to me in the back after the interview and everything. And he said, who are you? And then I told him, and after I told him, they still didn't know. I said, well, go to YouTube or talk to somebody or it's, it's a crazy business that we're in. Yeah. I, I saw so somebody. Saying, if this, if, like I said, if these things aren't written down, and you know who didn't know who I was? Natalie. Natalia? Natalia. I mean, I always said her name wrong. <laughs> but, uh, and she came from a wrestling family. So, of anybody, you would think that she would know and she had no idea. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Natalia, we had the A&E biography this week of Brett the Hitman Hart Dutch. Do you have yep. any stories about uh, Brett? Any interactions you had with him? Well, Brett truly believes that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there'll ever be. He truly believes that, which is okay to believe it. <clears throat> but he had that attitude in the dressing room. I mean, I never had any problems with him. I never actually worked with him. But he's very dry. He's not funny. He doesn't like he doesn't like to joke around. He'll laugh a little bit, but you know, he's he's very, very serious. So so if you're not going to kid around and act stupid, and I mean, you're not funny to me. So, but but I heard a lot of things about him. He's kind of, Lawler worked with him. He actually called Lawler one time, but just an average worker. Wow. And that's okay if you call him that. But if you knew as many sellouts as he did, mm-hmm. he didn't He didn't have to work. We saw some, some of your greatest guys who have drawn the most money aren't great technicians in the ring. I mean, he, he no. basically put Memphis on the map, didn't he? No kidding. Yeah. He put it on the map. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is Bruno Sammartino wasn't a great in-ring talent. All he did was draw money. That's all he did. He Hogan, say Hogan. Hogan and Warrior. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. They, they weren't great talents, but all they did was sell tickets and sell pay-per-view buys. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he'll tell you right now. He said, hell, I'm not a good worker. He's told me that. I've told him that. So, and uh, The Rock, they just had chemistry yeah. Yeah. with those people. A lot of energy. Hey, I, I brought, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story. I brought Steve Austin to Memphis. I did bring him. He was coming, and that's when I was booking Memphis, and nobody told me. I'm the booker, and nobody told me that he's coming to Memphis. And Bill Dundee walked in and said, hey, mate, uh, you got you got a kid from Dallas today, mate. He started to tell you. I said, nobody told me anything. He said, well, give me a heads up. So he, here comes Steve Austin. 
and he was Steve Williams then. And he introduced himself, Steve Williams. I said, all right, have a match. I have a seat. You're on first. And uh, and so I told him who he's working with, what the finish was and everything. And I said, okay. Uh, and then Lance Russell, the announcer, came in there and he looked at Steve sitting over there and he said, well, that's what you're going to call the kid. I said, I don't know. He said, well, hell, my name's Steve Williams. I said, you can't be Steve Williams. He said, I don't know why. That's my damn name. <laughs> And he'd been, in, he'd been in there about 10 minutes, and we're already like in an argument. <laughs> so I'm looking at this. This could be a contentious relationship. But I said, no, you can't be Steve Williams. That's like, you can't, you, you know, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. You yeah. can't have two Steve Williams. You got to be, you got to have a different name. And he didn't understand that. Or he said he didn't. <clears throat> I said, well, you just uh, think of a name. So I come back about 15 minutes later. You think of a name? He says, no. I said, all right, keep thinking. Because I wanted to give him the, I wanted him to pick his own name if I was going to change it. So about five minutes before we went out, Lance standing there smoking a cigarette, and I never ever get this. And Lance said, "Well, I got a name for the kid." I said, "I said, hey, you got a name?" I looked at Steve. He said, "No." I said, "All right, today, damn it, just for the lack of a better word, today you're Steve Effin." Uh, Steve F. in Austin. He said, like the $6 million man. And I forgot about that. I said, no, like the $6 man. Now get your ass out there. <laughs> so he went out there and he had a match and I watched it. And he came back and he's all excited. He come back all smiles and everything. He said, what didn't you like about my match? And Steve's a smart ass and I am too. I said, well, it'd be yeah. a lot quicker to tell you what I did like about it, which is nothing. <laughs> and, I, and I think I heard his feelings. He said, really, why? And I said, oh, no, I'm kidding. And then I said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab a chair and come with me. And we went out inside the little dressing room there. And there's this long circular deal that goes all the way around the building. But you can look through the curtain and watch the matches. Mm -hmm. I said, I want you to grab that chair right there, sit here every night, and look through this curtain and watch every match that's on this card to the time you leave. You got it? And then I walked by two hours later. He was sitting there looking through the curtain. I said, I can't believe it. A wrestler who does what he's told. But Student he the told game. me later, and he wrote about it. He says that was the best advice he'd ever gotten because that's how he learned the business. He came because he became a serious student mm -hmm. of it by watching. Yeah. And, and he yeah. says that made sure that when I went out there, I didn't do anything somebody else had done. So anyway, but. That was a great story. And he's told that story. And, you know, and yeah. I kind of I kind of like that story because I really like him a lot. Yeah, he so, told it on the A&E &E, uh, biography that came out, the, yeah, the first episode of the series. Um, well, we got one final thing we got to get into, guys, that was on this uh, SmackDown show. And that was a, a, a pretty good matchup. It was between Montez Ford and Chad Gable early on in the night. Uh, we originally were scheduled to have the tag team match of Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. But earlier in the night, Chad Gable came up to the Street Profits. He said that Otis wasn't in the building and he challenged one of the Street Profits to verse him one-on-one. -on -one. Montez Ford uh, volunteered himself during 
this matchup, we saw Angelo Jawkins in the backstage area watching the matchup. And then Otis came out of nowhere and attacked him. And Otis had a brand new look. He shaved yep. his whole entire beard. He, he looked like a brand new man. He looked kind of more intimidating, in my opinion. And um, this led to Montez Ford with the big uh, frog splash. And he looked like he was going to get the one, two, three. But I feel like Otis missed his cue and pulled yeah. the Papa Shango in WrestleMania 8 and didn't come out in time. And uh, Chad Gable had to kick out of the frog splash. Otis then came in for the disqualification. He then laid out Montez Ford with a second rope splash, then a Vayer bomb. And then Angelo Dawkins covered his tag team partner as officials separated the two teams. What did you think about uh, this match between Chad Gable and Montez Ford and the finish, Jeremy? Um, I was so excited when I heard that Gable and Montez were going to go one-on-one and then got so mad at the DQ finish. I'm like, come on, you could have saved this for after the match and had to, had a winner, but, um, you know, I, it, it was still a tremendous match and I was excited for it as soon as it got announced. Uh, I tell you what though, they are, uh, they have done, uh, a great job of making Otis into a monster the last couple weeks. Uh, a lot better than they've had over the past couple of months. So I think they've done a great job of of, of finally uh, getting to what they where they should go with uh, making Otis just this unstoppable force. And what about you, Dutch? What did you think about this matchup? Oh, I like I, I like I like I like the match. I like the job they've done with Otis because now yeah. you can take him seriously. Mm-hmm. He he got out of the he got out of the com- comedy mode. Now he's in the serious mode. And I think him and Gable, and Gable is like Kurt Angle 2.0. Yep. So, and I think they got good chemistry together. That Chad Gable's a good talker. Mm-hmm. And then Montez Ford are both good talkers. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think they, they're doing a great job with all these guys. Because it doesn't matter who really gets beat or who gets DQ'd. I mean, as long as you do it, you know, in the proper way. I didn't mind the DQ in this one because DQ just saves you to it for another week is what that does but in in the save they made otis you know much more of a threat than he than he has been yeah he's, he's taken out both guys two weeks in a row now yeah He's, he's looking he's looking like a, a an actual threat in Alpha Academy as we see people in the live chat asking if Alpha Academy can win the tag team titles. They are in a better position to potentially get there than they were weeks ago. Uh, before we we almost uh, we're over our time already, Dutch. We what? we got a, we got a couple of questions though to get to in the live chat okay. here. We got Romeo saying, Dutch, is there anyone on SmackDown you could see yourself managing? I could see you selling Sammy. Zane's conspiracy is pretty good. I like oh, that. I'd love, I, I'd love that. I would love that. We would just watch Fox all day. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and we, who, who's that guy that they, they banned him off Twitter and, and Facebook and all this stuff? A little fat guy. I can't um, remember his name now. Oh, the My Pillow guy? Not him. Oh. <laughs> That's Mike Lindell. I know him. But anyway, this other guy, if if you just talk about those guys, you got it. Yeah. Because regardless of what people think about Trump, he's still relevant. And anything, and that's what got Zeb Coulter over. Yeah. Because I was doing Tea Party stuff. Yeah. Except is a lot of people agreed with it the same way with Trump. A lot of people agree with it. A lot of people hate him. I mean, there's no two ways with Donald Trump. You either like him 
No, you hate him. Yeah, there's, there's no two ways. But I would like, I, I would really like to manage Sami Zayn. That'd be great. Then I, I can put the more conspiracies in his head. And, and you could get him to release the documentary. I could. There you go. Jeremy really wants this documentary. He's, yes. he's begging for it. We need um, it, man. We got uh, Sean Smith asking, did Dutch wrestle in Stampede Wrestling? And if not, what was your thoughts on uh, Stampede Wrestling and their rise? I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I got <laughs> called about it one time. Stu Hard called me. Yeah. Know, and I said, brother, that's up north, right? He said, yeah. Well, no, it's in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. I said, it's cold, like six, <laughs> seven, eight months a year. Yeah, it's pretty cold. I said, nope. I'll stay down here and south of the Mason-Dixon line where it's kind of warm and, you know, you get some sun. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't take that cold weather. I just couldn't take it. Don't blame because you. Stampede, they told me you leave on like Monday or something and you come back in on like Saturday. Every week. Yeah. You're mm. gone all week. Yeah. I said, hell, I, that, didn't, that didn't really, you know, look like a dream job to me. And riding through snow and, of course, up there at the time was Davy Boy and you know, and the other, the, the dynamite kid, kid and yep. all those ribs and all that stuff. Some of those ribs they pulled were serious, serious, yes. serious ribs. So, and if they'd have pulled one on me, we'd have had a, <laughs> I, I would have known I, w- I wouldn't like it. So, and it would probably led to some violence. A couple tables getting flipped over. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody would have got their butt whooped or I may have got <laughs> mine whipped, but we'd have, we'd have had a showdown over it. So, yeah, you know, and and I respected what Stampede did, but I, I never went there. Nor did I want to go there. Seems fair. Seems fair. We got a, co- a cool question here from Ozzy Dutch. Did Vince screw Brett at Survivor Series 1997? Well, I don't care, but it made them both a ton of money. Yep. It made Brett a ton of money. It made Vince a ton of money. And from what I'm hearing, yeah, he probably did screw Brett because Brett didn't want to do business. You have to do business in, in this profession. You have to do it, whether you like it or not. And we still talk about it 25 years later. Yeah, yeah. so, and uh, they made a big deal out of it. You know, the thing that let me down a lot is, uh, what was the Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman movie, Man in the Moon? Yeah. Yeah, Man on the Moon. I wish they'd have never let that out, that that was a work. Oh, yeah. Because so many yeah. people believe that. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, all of a sudden, hey, kid, what? There's no Santa Claus. Oh, God. <laughs> People started crying. But see, they did it so well. When he was on Letterman, he slapped him. It looked looked it, good. Yeah. And nobody, because people will, they will agree it's a shoot if you don't give them a reason to not believe. And then, of course, when you come out and just told them, nah, we, we, did, we just made it all up. That takes yeah. the magic out of it. It takes it all away. Because and, when I was in Memphis, they and I was there for that whole run with Lawler and and Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I you couldn't held me down and told me a finish to the match because I didn't want to know. I wanted to be a stone cold fan mm-hmm. of that because they hated Andy Kaufman. They literally hated him. They wanted. I think if they'd had. People that have been alone with him in a bar, they they would attack him, you know. Because, but they had a great run, entertaining, and believable. So they did great work and uh, sold a lot of tickets. One final question for you, Dutch. I it's thought we were over. <laughs> 
We got one final question. Yeah, uh, we got Romeo saying you should give a wrestling name to your two co-hosts. So what would be the wrestling name for Jeremy and myself, Dutch? Snatch and snitch. <laughs> That's just right off the top of my head. Snatch and snitch. The best tag team in the business, snatch and snitch. Me and That's Jeremy it. for sure. That's it. <laughs> Might lose the PG rating, but <laughs> There's nothing wrong with snatch. You snatched it from me, or you snitched on me. See? Exactly. Dutch, tell the folks where they can find you on social media, sir. Well, you can find me on Facebook at Dutch Mantel, except I haven't been on there lately. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter, Dirty D Mantel, on, on Twitter. And uh, I have another one. What else I got? Oh, Instagram, Dirty yes. Dustman One. But I'm not on there too much either. So. Because I hit, I hit phases. I hit it like a, and I go for like a week, and then all of a sudden I, I, I just disappear. Do you got your book handy to show them your 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 book? I do have it. There you go. This just here's the book. You can get that book there. Is it the the world according to Dutch? <laughs> so, but you can get it on Amazon too. But if Boom. you want it, if you want it autographed. You can write me at dirtydutchmantel at gmail.com and it will head your way. Absolutely. So, I'll sign it. However, you want me to sign it, or I can put down that Jeremy is a butthole and <laughs> Sid is worse than that. So. <laughs> Snatch and snitch. Uh, uh, we, we, we're you, need mask, you need masks, guys. That's what you uh, need. And then we, switch, then we can switch out of the ring. You and, could. Absolutely. And then we can have another partner called Switch. See? That's snitch, Rick. That's Rick. And snatch and That's Rick. That's See? Rick right there. The three, the three amigos. Yeah, you could do the you, you could do the three man lineup deal. There you the go. Three, like the three birds did. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy, where can they find you on social media, sir? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at JB Huskers, and uh, you could follow uh, our my podcast, Lost in the Midcard. Uh, you, anywhere you can listen to podcasts or uh, YouTube, just type in Lost in the Midcard and uh, go find us there. We're we're uh, on every Thursday. Thank you for joining you guys, us, you Jeremy. Guys have hurt my feelings. We heard your feelings. You called us snatch and snitch. I'm actually very sensitive because you hadn't said anything about my mustache tonight. Oh, it looks glorious. Always. It's immaculate. There's nothing wrong with snatch and snitch. No. Because, hey, one of these days you'll be looking back and you said, we thought that was the stupidest names in the world, snatch and snitch. (laughs) Till we got this snatch and snitch podcast and it took us to Spotify (laughs) and it took us to all these places. We made a million dollars. So thanks, Dutch. And we won the trios championships. To the moon, absolutely. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at True Heel SP3. You can follow my podcast YouTube channel True Heel Heat. Go over there, subscribe to the channel. We go live tomorrow morning for True Heel Heat 129. We're going to be previewing Impact Against All Odds as well as NXT Takeover in your house. And I have a cool interview with former WWE WCW Tag Team Champion Chuck Palumbo over there on true hill heat so check that out and you will see me next week right here on smack talk with dutch mantel and the returning rick uccino rick uccino will finally be back with us oh, dutch, so i hope you're excited so he's back next week put yes him back. He is back. put him back to work well i won't be here then <laughs>
<laughs> Dutch gonna, will I'm, be I'm, here. I'll be here. I thought about boycotting, but it wouldn't work. So. Ah. So I'll, I'll see you. everybody. I'll see you you next week, Sid. Yes. And Jeremy, I won't see you. I'm we'll see you. We'll see you down the road sometime soon. Sometime. So stick that thumb out. Wait for the car to come by. Had you guys ever hitchhiked? Never. No. No. You, no. you ever done it, Sid? No, I live in New York. My hitchhiking is getting a taxi cab, which is hard enough with how I look. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I used to travel. But I was out in the country, so. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So Oof. If you've never hitchhiked, you know, it's a, when you get in the car, it's hard to, you know, the guy could kill you. Right. But when you think about that stuff, that's true. No, no, it is true. Seriously, those are simple days. Yeah. Now you get in the car with somebody, you look at them like this, like, oh, my God, you know, he could kill me. (laughs) So, but anyway, okay, that's enough. Everybody, talk tonight. I enjoyed it, guys. And I will see y'all next week. Absolutely. Everybody, do your hitchhiking and give this video a thumbs up. Share this video on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified. So until next week on the next Smack Talk for Dutch Mantel, for Jeremy, it is me, it is me, your true hill phenom, SP3. We are signing off until next.